0: There's this nice saying that says "You are what you repeatedly do, and I think our ego is being shaped through all the interactions that we had um, i i can I can easily say that the person that I became um, is completely a function of of all the interactions that I had there's this part of course uh innate there's this part uh the the guy I was when I was twenty there's a part uh, of me being shaped by being in the Netherlands um and so all these things come together in what I call a strategy to interact with the world. And the mm-hmm. strategy to interact with the world is your ego. Um, and the problem with, um, with of course, with, with your own personal sense of, uh, of happiness and, and, and in, with life in general, is that we tend to think that happiness results from feeding that ego or boosting that ego. And so we're all hunting for success and we're hunting for recognition. Um, and we're uh, constantly trying to see that ego being, um, you know, being, being tampered. Yeah, and, 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 yeah and we're completely addicted to, uh, to this repetitive uh, sense of that your ego uh, matters. And so that's, that's, for instance, one of the key things that social media exploit. Mm-hmm. They constantly give us these little dopamine shots. So our ego gets, um, you know, gets the sense that people are still thinking about us and that we're still important.
1: <laughs>
0: Boom. Boom. Do, do you, no, do you
1: no, know no, he, <laughs> English?
0: Yeah. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hey, Peter. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Great seeing you again after
1: uh 25 years 22 years something like that
0: yeah something like that we um, we were young we were innocent <laughs> and we are still young and a little less
1: innocent uh fair enough but for, for me you're the same nothing has changed although we you haven't are. spoken in in 20 years yeah now, they can
0: uh, i think uh, they, they do a lot with photoshop these days so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now um we're going to immediately dive in um tom i mean you're specialized in um yeah human behavior eh? Mm -hmm. um i learned that after your studies when we have met that you didn't want to yeah you 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 teach actually so um you were a professor if i'm correct but uh, you didn't want to go to in um, how do you say that in healthcare or in psychiatry, psychiatry and then you went into marketing Mm-hmm. Is it correct? I, this is very high level. Now, do you believe that human behavior will change as a result of corona? Or do you believe that people are longing to go back as soon as possible to the, I would call it, the old normal?
0: Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I, I would say... Um, Human behavior is largely largely determined by uh, by our context, by the the way our context shapes our behavior. And what is really interesting in the Corona crisis is that we are uh, basically thrown into a, a new, uh, completely new, different context. We have to figure out how to um, manage your family, manage your work. Uh, operate as a good team um uh, be productive uh, while while working in distributed team and while trying to figure out how to make these good tools of collaboration work and what what i've seen and we've done some research on it is that um that when people uh, finally start to embrace it and when for instance definitely what is all, what also works is when their kid is finally uh being allowed to go back to school again or to kindergarten so that they can actually you know actually be alone and be productive and and manage their own time that people um, really start to appreciate the power of 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 working distributedly and i um i think one of the uh, um, there's a lot of i think there's a lot of psychological um there's a lot of psychological motivations that we want to see accomplished when we are at work. And um, some important motivations are we want to be appreciated. We want to be seen as an expert. We want to have the feeling that we're part of a team that is doing awesome things. Um, We want our manager to feel and to see and to appreciate our contribution. We want to make progress. We want to get things done. So these are all psychological motivations that we that we want to see uh, fulfilled uh, through work yeah. and there's a lot of things that go wrong at the workplace um, yeah. so for instance, there's this constant stream of of interruptions there's this constant uh, obsessive definitely in corporate environments there's this obsessive culture of managing your own personal brand and yeah. and so you, you get flooded with with all kinds of meetings. Because these meetings are nothing more than people constantly trying to build coalitions to make a decisions for which they can distribute accountability. Yep. And uh, somehow when you're working at home, you, you need to, f- on, the, on the positive side is, you, you, you start to realize that for the first time you can get back into uh, deep work modus for the yes. first time. Uh, so, so you actually manage to do things without being interrupted and people find it very valuable. Second thing they find very valuable is they... they Um, they stop losing so much time through commuting or through uh, meetings. On the other hand, you sometimes see that the badly managed teams that they still have to be in in Zoom meetings for like, like seven hours a day. And that's absolutely exhausting. So once people start to figure out how to make it work and they realize that they have much more time for themselves, that they can get into much more deeper work. So they become more creative. They can mm-hmm. tap into much more the intellectually challenging uh, parts mm-hmm. of their job. Um, but what they do need to manage is this social psychological thing. They and, and that's a very important role, for instance, for leaders. They need to make sure that they don't see their role as um, managing the process of the team towards the outcome, but much rather that they also manage the psychological well-being of yeah. the team, that they facilitate the fact yeah. that they can be productive not being interrupted that they get clear feedback on whether on how they are performing and that's i think the 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 really interesting challenge once you get there people will definitely want want. i think in the comes want to have a mix of both still very valuable to be at the office but but there's so so much value now to be at home that you don't want to get rid of that.
1: that that's true do you believe that um But yeah, it is that cliche. Some people see they have a lot of fear. The majority actually of people have a lot of fear during Corona and wearing their masks. And then you have like people screaming, this is an opportunity. Do you believe that um, after Corona, um, the real crisis will start? And especially that a lot of people will need some mental slash psychological help to, yeah, I wouldn't say find themselves again. Um Because they, I wouldn't say they're going into a kind of depression because they cannot handle this kind of change and this kind of fear, which is actually exaggerated also by by popular
0: media because they make yeah. money out of it. Define? Can you define crisis? What do you <laughs> that
1: That's a that's a very good thing. For me, there is no crisis, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know it isn't. Yeah. I, I i don't feel it i mean i'm healthy um, my son is here okay i had to admit i had to adapt to the situation but yeah, i right. agree with all the all the things i can now mean this thing is is a result of of corona so it, it I'm, I'm tapping into creativity whereas in the past i was sitting in the car driving to brussels or to antwerp in traffic jams so i use that time now to to do these kind of things which gives me more energy to makes me also more productive at work yeah um but I believe majority of people, if I look at my parents and they're watching the news, they are really really
0: really scared, yeah 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 <laughs> you know this the, there's so many angles to this story um I do think that um that this this crisis kind of um, um kind of You know, puts the spotlight on everything that is actually, that was already going wrong in the economy, Uh, that we were all, um, I think that the biggest mark, maybe that's a good way to approach it. Um, The biggest marketing lie that we have been told for the last 50 years, 50 years was uh, that we are all individuals and that we need to express our own individuality by our, our own unique individuality by consuming stuff so we express our individuality by the through the car we buy through the kind of holiday we go to through the kind of brands and products we we buy and that has been an engine for the economy a phenomenal engine for the economy but um it's it's gradually um it gradually eroded the thing that we as eventually in the end we're just a <laughs> we're just a monkey with nukes um but we as a, as a species are, are uh, incredibly social. Uh, we're social animals. We um, only thrive when we, are, uh, when we feel connected, when we feel part of something bigger, uh, yeah. when we feel that we are belonging to a group. Actually, th- th- the fact that you mentioned depression is an interesting one because um, uh, even already Freud back in his days, but, but also recent research um, clearly shows that people who uh, slip into a depression um, the, the, that, that the core idea, the core driver of depression is the feeling of completely being disconnected yeah. from others, that you are existentially alone. Yeah. And the, the only solution to depression, okay, there's, there's of course, there's a medical solution to it, or there's at least um, medicine help you to get out of the deepest darkness of mm-hmm. depression. But what really helps is to form meaningful relationships yeah. again. And I think what corona definitely, uh, on the one hand, uh, highlighted, was that we are much lonelier than we thought, and it frustrates the hell out of us. We just sit there in our own homes with our own fences, uh, sitting in front of the TV all day. And on the other hand, it shows that we're craving for this sense of belonging and community. That's why you see all these heartwarming, um, heartwarming initiatives. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's why you see that people want to be connected, and that maybe, maybe the world will change. Maybe we will um stop listening to to politicians who want who want to divide dividers and divisors um but much rather want to listen to people who want to you know bring a um a story of togetherness again and a story yeah. of belonging and a story of community
1: yeah and um you, talk, you just talked about depression um mm-hmm. and of, of course i'm not an expert um but is that also that people are having suffering from a depression because they, the, 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 the image or the identity that, ha- that they have created is so far from who
0: they really are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, F- Freud compared depression with mourning. Uh, not the mourning, but mourning. As in someone, uh, mm-hmm. someone died in your environment and you're in this phase of mourning. And he said depression and mourning is exactly the same thing. With mourning, you, you, mourning is like a depression of the fact that a part of you just died because a little part of you was connected to this person that you loved, yeah. And depression about yourself is mourning about your own identity, about the feeling that you, you, just, you, you gradually started to become one with a role that you need to play in order to please some people, but that, that there's, there's this complete emptiness behind this role that you were playing. And once you get confronted with this um, you know with the emptiness behind the role that you were playing you get depressed for the fact that you you completely lost the sense of identity
1: yeah now um we were born in a generation and also in an area because you yeah, we're born in factually i would say a couple of kilometers away from each other but yeah. um for us religion was still strong it was the the catholic church and i also mm-hmm. believe that that was the same for you um yeah. But nowadays, religion isn't that strong anymore. So, because all the things that you're saying, for me, it really is crossing the borders of, I wouldn't call it positive psychology, but even spirituality. And um, I mean, human behavior and the the spirituality, I mean, you're uh, working in the science, I would call it like that. And then you have like the more, I would say it's spirituality. I mean, you see those two things coming more together or is that yeah. still, uh, I mean, you t- also talk about purpose, purpose, mission thing. That's for me, it's really about spirituality, who
0: you are and what the hell are you doing here on this earth thing? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, that um, we have access to, to the kind of the, the, the latest scientific thinkers. We listen to podcasts. We uh, we read people like Sam Harris, um, mm-hmm. we, um, we are tapped into this, this this indeed this, this new way of thinkers of philosophers and social scientists who uh, think hard about how do you design your own life in such a way that it contributes to, you know, to, to a fulfilling life yeah. and to happy. Um, but the thing with religion was that um, every religion is an ideology. And whether you take religion, uh, or you take um, fascism, or you take communism, the function of ideology has always been that it provides you with clear answers about, uh, about power, about life and death, uh, and about identity. It tells you uh, how society should be structured. It tells you something about w- w- what is the purpose of life. And of course, for the religious people, the purpose of life is to live a good life, to, to have eternal happiness in heaven for the Communists is you, you devote your life to building the, the ultimate utopia for, uh, of, of equality and, and I think the, the good part of every ideology in the past was that it, it provided people with a very simple mm-hmm. set of rules that's, that said who you are, what, you, what are the rules for your life and what is the purpose of your life. And given the fact that we are um, that we left ideologies and that our ideologies basically weren't replaced with a new one, but just with with this liberal ideology of uh, the purpose of life is to enjoy yourself and consume stuff, that leads to this this uh, this very very um, I think existential crisis. Yeah. Because people have no idea what the purpose of life is yeah. and have no idea what to live for. Yeah. And the more they get detached from um, you know, being part of something bigger and being part yeah. of a community, um, th- the more depressed they yeah. get.
1: Because this is a very interesting one. I read three or th- th- two or three days ago your essay about making the climate change thing sexy. And there was one thing which I also did and I really believe in that. Or I read two things. First of all, you talked about a company which is focusing on shareholder value, so the growth for the growth. On the long yeah. term, he will destroy the company. I worked in lots of companies who have that as a goal. I can assure you <coughs> the fucking truth. Second, yeah. the same with happiness. A lot of people, as this, 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 this new generation searching for happiness. Yeah. If you're searching for happiness, the result is you're going to be so miserable because it's yeah. like trying to catch a butterfly but you cannot grab it because it yeah. slips always through your fingers it yes. is just when you're starting to focus on fulfillment on a kind of your mission your purpose whatever that may be even if it's not yeah. right if it if it doesn't yeah does not fit with you anymore with interiors it doesn't matter but if you're thinking on focusing on that mission then the side effect is you will make lots of money as a company uh, because yeah. you're purpose-driven. And you'll be also happy because it's about the journey and it's not about the destination. It's like, I'm a musician. I mean, the, what is the goal of a song? It's about enjoying the music, but it's not about that final chord. Otherwise, we would yeah, yeah, just yeah. play final chords. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't invent that. It's Alan Watts, by the way. So um, Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a little bit attached to the things you were just saying. Now, how did you hell Came you with an idea to create an essay about making climate
0: change sexy? Do you have so much spare time? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so my company is, uh, is specialized in behavioral change. Uh, it's called Sue uh, Behavioral Design. And basically we are a consultancy. That helps their clients our clients to uh, improve their products and marketing and communication through uh, through behavioral psychology and um, and I, I work for governments I work for banks I work for private companies uh, um, on, on, on how to influence consumer behavior citizen behavior uh, employee behavior things like that um, and I think that um what I'm always what I'm always fascinated with is how can I uh, use this this what I call dark wisdom, this dark knowledge of influence and behavioral change, and how can I apply this to complicated wicked design problems? That literally there's a word for that, wicked design problems, whether that would be extremism um or or extreme right right-wing populism, how can how can you how can you, for instance, uh Understand how populists shape public discourse uh, and how they win elections, and how can you use that understanding to get more moderate people to to win elections? So, for instance, in the Netherlands, I work for the Liberal Party. In Belgium, I work for the Socialist Party on on that matter. Um, and uh, climate change to me is one of those uh, most fascinating, wicked design problems. It has everything. It, it is the ultimate behavioral challenge. So. Um, it's something that 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 will pay off in the in the future, yeah. so you're asking people to change their behavior in the long distant future. They feel that they have no impact on that behavior because it it's it goes way beyond their individual spending behavior um, There's all kinds of uh, counter forces that claim that there is no such thing as climate change, and that basically uh, climate action is just a complot by uh uh by, by these left-wing nutcases who want uh, who want uh, the normal guy to pay for it. So there's there's a there's, this 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 whole ideological charge in that in that argument. And I was invited two weeks ago on uh, on the Belgian television in the, uh, in the in the television program to um I, I've written an essay before uh and in which I argued that um that we will only get people to change their behavior when there's a crisis uh, so i called the the, the title of the essay was the climate shock doctrine i said look we will have four more four to five to maybe 10 years in which we will see the first um, ecological collapses in which we will see the first uh, uh, crisis like flooding uh, drought etc and it this it is only when there's this uh, this high visibility crisis that people so suddenly start to feel shit things are wrong, and then we need to have the script ready for people to we have we need to have the action plan and scripts ready so that 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 politicians um, would would go okay this is the plan this is how we're going to tackle the problem, and the, the, it's based on a, a theory by by Naomi Klein called the shock doctrine, and she said that every time some shock in society took place in history it was used by the by the powers that be to to tighten their grip on society so classic example 9 11 uh the uh the the republicans and the corporate world used the panic of 9 11 to tighten their grip on society financial crisis exactly the same there was this crisis while the corporate world and even the financial world used that crisis to to siphon even more money uh, towards their uh, their interests and and so the question in the TV program was uh, is this corona crisis the crisis that you were talking about that was going to change our behavior that going to shake up people uh, to start you know to start uh, uh, you know to, to, to start climate action and and my argument was that it, that probably this one isn't going to be the one because I think the beauty of this crisis is is that we clearly feel that it's about us. It, it's threatening our life. It's threatening our job. It's threatening our family. So uh, there's, given the fact that it's about us in the here and the now, we are willing to, you know, to, to do everything we can to, to make it work. And so the, thr- the trillions that are being thrown at the problem right now is just it, literally within the course of two weeks. Yeah. That's, that, that amount of money, the, the climate movement was dreaming to get that the amount of money spread yeah. over 10 years and so we need to figure out new ways to these, to to talk about climate in such a way that people feel that it's about them and it's about the here and the now and i wanted to contribute to that to that conversation by you know, by providing the the frames the communication frames uh through which we we should be talking about the climate problem
1: great great now i uh, oh, i watched your um, tedx talk mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> It's, it's really strange because uh, since we have met like 20 years ago, I still see the same boy. Um, and you have still that, that, that mix between being very serious and, between, and also being, I wouldn't say making yourself a little bit like a joke, but you have that really fantastic combination. <laughs> I really say that your mission is to manipulate people to make the world a better place. And yeah. you say it as a joke, but yeah. I also feel it that you also really mean that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm really convinced that, okay, you're in marketing and in advertisement, advertising, yes. but I really believe that you, are, you want to make the world a better place and reshape the world of advertising, advertisements, and, and actually reshape that paradigm that um, right now, and I'm going to say it more directly than you just said. I mean, what is uh, advertising doing? It's, it's going to make you feel inferior. And if you want to feel good drink yeah. this drink this thing or um buy this thing or buy this buy car this and then yeah. yeah indeed especially for me um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eh? and then or that that that's that that uh that razor blades eh? that that i will yeah. be very attractive to other women um and and i really believe that you want to because it's it's we can laugh at it but i mean if you look at especially uh, people around 15, 16, especially added with so a lot of social media and the comparison trap and uh, the instant gratification. I mean, yeah. it's it's. I mean, if I look at their depression, um, suicide tendencies, and uh, an anxiety, it's very big there. Even if I look yeah. in my own environment, uh, so children of my friends, and um, and I really feel that you, yeah, really want to reshape that that form. Look, I mean, selling is good. Which I also believe, but it really depends how you define selling, how do you find advertisements? And that's that's a thing that I also believe that you are striving yeah. for.
0: Ab- absolutely. And and uh, yeah, and, and, and glad to, to see that you you picked that up. Um look, I, I think that I've always been fascinated with the idea that um, that the the knowledge and the know-how of of how to influence minds and shape behavior is just out there and I think that in the last 10 years there's this perfect storm of manipulation so um, we've seen an excessive uh, growth on understanding how to influence behavior in the last 10 years and I think that that was in the slipstream of Silicon Valley because they want to know and to learn how to you know, get people to to click on things and how to get them to buy. Um, and so it was really Silicon Valley that rediscovered the importance of psychology in, in marketing and in design. And um, I think in the last 10 years, there's now this combination of psychology and technology that is being combined into this monster. Uh, and so someone used the phrase, uh, we, we're now trapped in a race to the bottom of the brainstem, which means that... Um, that technology artificial intelligence knows so well how to tap into our deepest desires our deepest fears um, and actually uh, fuel them um, make those desires bigger or make that fear bigger because the purpose of ai is to get us to spend more time on those platforms so these ais perfectly through experimentation have figured out how to manipulate and how to tap into the 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 most fragile uh, part of us and the most, um, uh, yeah, the the, the the deepest irrational psychological part of us just to get us to spend more time on platforms. And that resulted in, indeed, in depression with teens, complete social media addiction, screen addiction, but it also resulted in Donald Trump. Because if you can weaponize the combination of psychology and, and technology, uh, and for instance, in Flanders, where you live, uh, it, it exactly the same thing. I think the... Um, the, um, the fact that the extreme right party in Flanders, Vlaams uh, mm-hmm. Belang, won the previous election, was that they finally understood how to flood social media with fear-mongering and they do this on a very, very de- uh, detailed local, local level. Um, so they weaponized that knowledge. And my company, uh, Sue, is, uh, is all about how can we use that, what I call, dark wisdom of, uh, of influence You know to shape positive behavior so Mm. that's that's deeply rooted in our mission we we feel that we want to unlock that that knowledge that know-how to shape positive behavior in the long run and so if i work for banks i'm all about how can i help people to make more wise financial decisions if i work for government is how can we get people to recycle more or to drive more safe um
1: how many people are working in your company we're we're eight
0: eight people on the payroll so Four or five freelancers
1: yeah and so does that does that mean that every person who is entering your organization you're going to screen them and assess them on their values on their attitude absolutely absolutely yeah because i mean i mean in the 60s or in the 70s they made packages of cigarettes and they put uh, in black and they put a skull on it and yeah. it was it was targeted for 14 15 young year young uh, children because they, they found the skull really attractive to, to start yeah. smoking the same with which they did—that they put ladies in their jeans with uh, white um, white T-shirts and uh, and, a, and a cigarette to really link smoking to the independence of uh, of the of the, the female. I mean, yeah. does that also mean that when a company is um, is hiring you to do something yeah. um, which does not uh, which is actually conflicting your
0: values and your purpose, you're going to say no? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've done that many times uh, a couple of months ago someone so we do two things we do we do consultancy for our clients to help them to you know to optimize their products and their proposition and their marketing but we also have a behavioral design uh, academy in which we train people in this methodology yep. and uh, a couple of months ago someone enrolled from uh, philip morris uh, yep. in switzerland and uh, my partner and I wrote him a go and fuck yourself email and he was very uh, he was uh, yeah he was he was mad he said what the fuck are you doing and it's no we don't want you and then we quickly adapted the conditions on our website and we said look it's in our conditions you can't uh, you can't participate so absolutely not I am um, the, the way we see things is is uh, we have the we approach things from a human center point of view which means that for everything we do, every intervention that we try to design, the number one question we ask ourselves, how can we, um, how can we, you know, how can we position this this product or service in such a way that it helps people to become more successful at what they are do? And mm-hmm. if we can't answer that question, if the question is, how can we manipulate people to buy more of what we're offering, then we simply won't, uh, you know, won't go into this. And I, I, I own the company together with my wife, so we can be very, uh, very irrational or brutal about it
1: and how long does the company exist
0: uh since 2011 so i moved to amsterdam in 2000 and so i moved to amsterdam to 2007 first built a belgian advertising agency five years in a row and then um uh, left the agency to start my own company in and, 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 and
1: you, you left the agency because you it doesn't correspond with your values anymore you want to do something more mission driven purpose driven so where, where did, you, did you get that idea to do
0: that well um yes yeah, as, as you as you mentioned in the beginning i um I, I studied psychology yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clinical psychology. I, um, I, I quickly realized that I didn't want to work in psychiatry. Then I, by, by pure luck, I got a job in market research and then I ended up in an advertising agency. Um, and that advertising agency asked me to, uh, after two years, if I would want to move to Amsterdam and, and start their, their, you know, their, their Dutch dependence, yeah. um, which I did. But after five years, I was getting more and more frustrated because um, the more I learned about the advertising world, the more I understood that, um, that this world is going to be, uh, massively disrupted in, uh, you know, in the next couple of years Why? and that we're, there's more, there's going to be more and more agencies, uh, trying to live off this, this smaller and smaller, uh, you know, piece cake. of the pie, yeah. piece of the cake. And, and I, and I was thinking to myself, everything that I find fascinating is, 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 um, is currently uh, being done in the world outside of advertising and, and, and mainly in the tech world in which Lean started as a philosophy uh, of, of doing rapid experimentation, having multidisciplinary teams of designers, psychologists, technologists, um, working together in, in quick, quick prototyping sprints. So instead of coming up with big strategies, you just prototype strategies and make progress out of that. And I thought that was so much more fascinating. So yeah. I had to feel that if I wanted to, um, um, you know, if I wanted to figure out how to, uh, let's say, transform the value of an independent agency, I needed to get rid of advertising and started something new. And it took us a couple of years to figure out um, how to make that work properly. Um, I think the first couple of years, we were lucky that a lot of clients simply went along with us, although that they said, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I trust that, that, uh, that my, my marketing strategy is good with you. And gradually we figured out that um, we designed this process called the behavioral design method that, um, that is this very fast process in which we try to understand the unconsciousness of the target audience. We design and prototype interventions to see if we can learn how, how that could influence their behavior. And, um, and this method is, is really what we saw.
1: Cool. it's a... Uh... I mean, it's really inspiring. And what they didn't know is that you actually won lots of prizes. You're actually some kind of celebrity in the advertising world. Um, <laughs> wow. how, how, how how do you stay so humble? <laughs>
0: um, is, it, is it your West Vlaamse roots? Yeah, I think it's deeply rooted in being a West Vlaaming. Uh, in that sense that um, I still remember that my friend said, when I left for the Netherlands in 2007, I, I, one friend at a s- certain moment said, look, if if uh, the moment I see that you're going to become an arrogant Dutch person, I will punch you in the face, and and I still remember it because I felt that that it, that it actually that was a good criterion. I must say that um, that I gradually uh, no not gradually I immediately fell in love with the Dutch. I think that the Dutch are of all the cultures in the world, the Dutch are completely open and honest. There's no hidden agenda. They just say what they think, <laughs> and even if you are the managing director, and 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 I I, I remember that my uh, the first time I hired the secretary, literally on the first day, she said, "No, I'm not going to do this." And I was thinking, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> and she just felt that she she that, that what I asked of her was not part of the, uh, you know, of the job description. So I had to explain to her. And the thing is, in the Netherlands, if you explain them what you want then they accept it and they do it no okay. questions asked whereas in belgium we are we we can't stand um uh, authority uh, but we accept it but but somehow we're always nagging about it uh, you know behind people's back
1: but that's the thing and in belgium you get you get they say yes in your face but after your back they're having behavior that say no and so yeah. they're going to create some false Sabotage. form of, of trust in the organization yeah. whereas uh, because i I worked yeah a lot of years with um, in um it's called uh, very close to amsterdam i forgot uh, the city but it doesn't matter so i got a lot of that amsterdam mentality so they say weren't you born in the netherlands Me, i mean um (laughs) because of that direct that very direct openness because in belgium indeed people are especially in the more southern part that's why it, it, it for me it's more difficult to work there because they are yeah you have to dance a lot around the pot as we call it and uh, that's not that's just that's just not my 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 style and um and the older i I, the older i become i find it very important to stay true to myself
0: and um and if there is sorry uh, i I do think that um because your question is humbleness and and i think that um In my experience, the the more I know, the the more I know that I don't know anything, and so I'm I'm very much driven by uh, a deep curiosity and a deep a a deep sense of understanding that whatever the context is, I'm just scratching the surface of what I could know and should know, and that makes you humble, more humble. And I I do think that this it's not it's not a sense of false humbleness. It's much more this um, attitude of curiosity that 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 basically shapes every interaction that i have with people and it kind of brings you to a more let's say humbler kind of approachable yeah. kind of uh yeah. of identity
1: maybe it's also the, the the age and 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 yeah i mean it's like when you have landed on the moon what's next so i mean there, <laughs> there, there, but there, there is no such thing as their finding happiness it's really because i fully agree with right? the more you know the more you realize that you don't know and actually the more I had to delearn all the fake or false conditions that society, culture, pff, I don't know what, tried to um, yeah, put on me. Then I d- discovered maybe this isn't true. Maybe it isn't like that. And w- how do you do that? Reading, traveling, because the way we think, which is life and culture, is not the same like in South America, for instance. They think about certain topics quite different. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, You now we're going to go a little deeper. Um we're going to talk about the ego. Um I think also a very interesting subject, especially in psychology. Yeah. (laughs) Studied a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what, what what do you think about that? I mean, if you look at yourself, I mean you've realized already quite a lot of things. How do you manage your ego, or is it something you never ever think about or talk about?
0: Um, well uh, look your, your ego is um, is a terrible thing in this sense oh, no your, your ego is is well first of all, there's no such thing as a true ego uh, an ego is nothing more than a set of rules and strategies yes. to interact with the world yeah, so. Indeed. Yeah, there's this nice saying that says you are what you repeatedly do and i think our ego is being shaped through all the interactions that we had um i i can i can easily say that the person that i became um is completely a function of of all the interactions that i had there's this part of course uh innate there's this part uh the, the guy i was when i was 20 there's a part uh, of me being shaped by being in the Netherlands. Um, and so all these things come together in what I call a strategy to interact with the world. And the mm-hmm. strategy to interact with the world is your ego. Um, and the problem with, um, with of course, with, with your own personal sense of uh, of happiness and, and, and in, with life in general, is that we tend to think that happiness results from feeding that ego or boosting that ego and so we're all hunting for success, and we're hunting for recognition, um, and we're uh, constantly trying to see that ego being, um, you know, being being tampered. Yeah. And, and and yeah. And we're completely addicted to uh, to this repetitive uh, sense of that your ego uh, matters. And so that's that's, for instance, one of the key things that social media exploit. Mm-hmm. They constantly give us these little dopamine shots, so our ego gets um you know gets the sense that people are still thinking about us and that we're still important so um the i think what what um yeah what what you should try to figure out is how can you achieve happiness be- beyond your ego or how can you simply live in the moment um and I, I i'm not that much of a spiritual person because i want to approach spirituality kind of through the scientific lens I, that's why for instance i i love listening to sam harris mm-hmm. he uh, he really uses the um yeah. the philosophical you know the yeah. philosophical deduction knife to try to um analyze mindfulness and how yeah. can you get more into the moment and how yeah. can you um like for instance if your ego is fragile you will uh, every time someone will give a comment uh, yeah. on you, you you will be broken yeah and whereas if if you get a bit detached by your ego, you learn to reprogram your mind and you will see a negative feedback as an opportunity to learn and The more you're capable to do that, the more you are basically able to to shape any kind of of personality that you want to shape and I think freedom is you 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 can never get rid of ego, but freedom could be that that um you can you can have as many egos as possible yeah uh, you you can you can highlight as many aspects of, yeah. of or, or play with as many aspects of yeah. your personality as you want to and i think there's a lot of happiness uh, and excitement to be found in playing with parts of your yeah. own identity yeah. and exploring parts yeah. of that
1: I, I think i think that's the core is that if you see your ego not um as the same as your identity so but see as a different thing and indeed um, that the ego is your servant but not the master because in the, in the first thing you explained, uh, you're feeding the ego. I think that you're going to see the ego as your master, um, but it's going to make you miserable. But if you see yeah. your ego as a servant to let you do yeah. things like doing this, I mean, if yeah. you told me 20 years ago, you will do something on YouTube or what? And uh, you will start a podcast. A what? I mean, I was like, no, I don't care. Um, but it's really about that. It's seeing how far you can go and how can you construct a new mini ego? To see how far you can come into this life, and to see, yeah, is yeah. this your thing?
0: Is this is this not your thing? Um, very, very, yeah, very and interesting. Just, and just play with it. I, the, the older you get, the more you realize that yeah. uh, that that there's nothing in life except you know the, the your relationship with the people you love. Yeah, that is important. And and once you start to realize that, you can simply get, get a little bit detached, but 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 the, i think you get more detached from things so you, you i get i i can't be bothered by success uh, although yeah although that that you have to be a little bit successful in order to sustain your own life and once you achieve success it's quite easy and blasé yeah, to yeah. say that so i'm fully aware of that on the other hand it, when things go wrong and as an entrepreneur things go wrong a lot mm-hmm. um you get smacked in the face by life uh quite often um you tend to you tend to not be too hit, hit too hard by it because it's just it's just work. It's just play. But is
1: is, is that the same about your um, essay about uh, the, the climate uh, change? Yeah. Is that if you focusing, I want to become successful and if I'm successful, I will be happy or I will be lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, it's just the other way around. You are yeah. happy right now yeah. and therefore you are happy with everything there is. Um, yeah. And therefore, you are be- you are going to become successful and achieve yeah. things, whatever that means. That success for you, having lots of money and things like that. But yeah. because I learned that the hard way when I was thirty, I was just. It was because of also the the, the studies I did that you are really bred into. You should become CEO and make lots of million dollars, and you have a bigger house than your than your neighbor and a bigger car and things like that. But then I realized that you that I put my ladder to the wrong mountain because yeah, it yeah. makes you because it doesn't stop. No. And and a lot no. of people don't see that they think oh, yeah, if I'm successful and whatever that means successful eh? I mean a lot of followers yeah. lots of money uh, a title whatever then I'm going to be lucky or happy. But it's just that
0: that that other way around. Yeah, absolutely, and and so being meaningful, meaningful for someone else, for instance, yeah. turns out that that in positive psychology that this is one of the key drivers of happiness. If I can uh, help someone else, someone else to become successful or make them uh, grow in their life, this is where 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 real happiness is to be found. Is to you know, yeah yeah absolutely the, the mountain to put your ladder on is a great metaphor uh, i mean the, the,
1: the, the, the thing it. i learned is that in in the in the in between t- 20 and 30 um 35 i actually was focusing on myself serving myself eh? Learning mm. to 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 sell and blah 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 and things like that and then i realized if i helped others by making them better people and whatever they are, is it a seller or whatever the, that they are doing, making them better persons with the things that I have in me, that I can help them. It gives me lots of, I wouldn't say called gratitude, but really a very good feeling. If I can help somebody else and seeing the potential of, of, of somebody growing and, um, and blossoming, I don't know, but it, it sounds really pussy and really soft, but, it's for me it's 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 like that if you can uplift others and at the same time also i mean a lot of people think by if i win you have to lose but it's just yeah. the other way around you can yeah, win and right. all the others can win too and it yeah. sounds really corny but i really believe it's 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 the truth and that will make yeah make me at least happy and you yeah. could also apply that in a professional context eh?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always think win-win, situa- or win-win situation instead of uh, zero-sum games. I think that's a, that's a very, a, a very, uh, core principle to live by. Uh, if you can design a relationship, even if you're in sales, in which you can create a win-win situation, you will have much more long-term relationships. In, it's about uh, that. More, it's it's yeah. that
1: engagement, the long-term. And treating people as people. And, and you th- you're you talking about advertisement, but it's the same for sales. If you look at sales, the, the, the classical sales methodology is they, they treat people. And the same within HR. Eh? HR, the word alone, resource. I mean, people are people and people want to be treated as people and not as, as some things that needs to be
0: managed. I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. Now, um, who are actually for you now role models? Who are people who inspire you?
0: um there's so many um i think well when i was in university there was this belgian professor called paul verhagen i think he really um he really paved the path uh, of for for how i i approach science um what when i you know when i studied psychology in in the university of ghent there was he he was a, a phenomenon he still is a phenomenon um he actually published some really interesting book on on psychology on uh, sorry on identity on upon authority and the third one was identity authority and i forgot the third one anyway but what fascinated me was that every time he he did a college a lecture he basically tapped into every science there is he was constructing a story about the human mind and he was um uh using anthropology he was using linguistics he was using philosophy he was using literature a bit in the tradition of Freud who also was a was an avid reader of all kinds of sciences to try to figure out how these um, how these sciences can be used as a mental model to look at the at, to understand the human mind from different angles and perspectives and so he was I think the first one who I uh, really admired because um, of his intellectual creativity, and of the fact that he wasn't a um, um, he wasn't a one-trick pony. And uh, so, so there's this famous uh, saying by Charlie Munger, uh, the uh, the associate of Warren Buffett, who once said, uh, "To a man with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail." And so, when he when he was asked, "How come that Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett basically beat the market in investing for more than fifty years in a row?" And he said, well, the thing is, is that we approach problems uh, through uh, 70, 80 mental models. And we we take all the important theories from uh, mathematics, from psychology, from biology, system thinkings, from management. And when we uh, study a company or a market, we approach that problem through all these lenses. And so we get a very, very refined image of that market. And I absolutely love that. And I'm very inspired by uh, people who... Um, who are rich in mental models because they always have new and interesting sights onto, onto specific problems. They always bring new perspectives. So Rory Sutherland to me is very inspiring. He wrote the book Alchemy, uh, but he's also sensational on YouTube. Uh, he's uh, one of the most funny intellectuals to listen to. Uh, so uh, R-O-R-Y Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to listen to the Sam Harris podcast Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes to Joe Rogan, but that's, uh, yeah, not all of them, not all of them are, are worth listening to. Um, I, I I read a lot. So uh, yeah, that was my next question. What are your top three books? (laughs) Well, Alchemy is definitely the book I would recommend the most. Um, Why? What what am I? So by Rory Sutherland, but why? I, why? Why is it so special to you? Well, because he,
1: um, because um, alchemy, that brings for me a very different assumption yeah. or
0: perception. It sounds really. You don't. You don't say I'm not a spiritual person, but yet you name alchemy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's of course this provocative title that says about if you want to understand how uh, how you can how you should design products and services, taking into account human irrationality, okay. uh, taking into account psychology. You will come up with much different insights, and so his claim is is that uh in in marketing and in business, we tend to approach problem from a very rational perspective correct. We design products and services with a rational human in mind, and he said there's all kinds of fascinating insights with uh, with the fact that you can create psychological value in people's life by tapping into things that a rational person would never think of um and uh, and and so this this uh, this book is a, is, a, is so interesting because it translates behavioral economics into what does this mean for products design, for marketing, for advertising, and he's a great storyteller, uh, which is I think also very something that I admire uh, in people. Um, if you are a good storyteller, that means that you master your own uh, craft. Because yeah. only good storytellers really internalize knowledge. So, what books am I reading? Uh, I thought that Super Forecasters by Philip Tetlock was really interesting, um, on on basically the the art and science of forecasting. I wrote uh, Midnight, uh, I read Midnight in Chernobyl uh, last month, which is a, a fascinating account of of what happened in Chernobyl uh, when you know when the uh, when the nuclear reactor exploded. It's a magnificent reading on how uh, systems basically shape the behavior of people. Because it's a story about people that simply that there was there was this reactor was already dysfunctional for years, but nobody wanted to hear bad news. So the communist system was designed in such a way that boss above boss uh, w- w- didn't want to hear anything negative. So so problems yeah, were, were were constantly boiling on the on you know on on the uh, on the lowest level until it just literally erupted. So that's fascinating um i am now reading the book wilding on uh from isabella tree which is on rewilding nature um i'm reading rewilding uh, nature yeah yeah it's it's about nature well it's it's about in given the fact that um that industrial agriculture will uh deplete the uh the soil in the next 50 years uh, yeah. literally in England, uh, the, uh, the, the natural science or the science said uh, we still have 50 harvests left and then the soil is completely eroded. And so there's all, there's these really interesting experiments all over the world, like for instance yeah. here in the Netherlands with the Ostwald on how can we, you know, rewild uh, nature again? Yeah. How can we basically re-engineer ecosystems yeah. to the point that they become healthy ecosystems yeah. again? And so, if, if for instance, if you look at the Netherlands here in the north of the Netherlands, that's just agricultural wasteland. It's just industrial agriculture, um, grassland, cropland. There, there's no life possible over there. And so, if you want to rethink uh, nature, we need to, you know, look at all these interesting theories on how, how do you create healthy ecosystems, which I think is is then uh, again quite fascinating to. Uh, to also think about human behavior. If you can redesign ecosystems, if you can think about systems, and 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 think of how can I design a system in such a way that the, that the interactions between the element in that system become positive again, and there's all kinds of interesting feedback loops and and growth that that you know that that follows from that, you can apply the same kind of thinking to uh, to humans. Um, I also love uh, uh, on a. Uh, more non- on a fictional level, uh, the, the 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 novels by uh, Laurent Binet, French author. He wrote a book on Heydrich uh, called HHHH, This ha 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 ha, which is one of the best books I've I've read in the last couple of years. He now published a new book. It's currently a bestseller called Civilizations, in which he explores the idea: What would have happened if we wouldn't have conquered South America in the 16th century? But if the Incas would have conquered Europe, yeah, which is um, interesting, yeah, mind-blowing, uh, mind-blowing book. So yeah, I, I I basically read everything I can yeah. get my hands on. I
1: I have a very um, shocking question now for you. you. You you talk about the mind to mind to mind to mind. There is in in the East they believe there is a mind body connection, and in in the Western science. They are starting. They are already uh, researching that for quite some years.
0: Yeah. What
1: is your opinion about that? Is there a connection between the mind and the body?
0: I think the mind is uh, is just a theoretical cons- construct. Um, we think with our body, and the fact that we have devised body and brain into two, body and mind into two things, w- which dates back to I think uh, uh, yeah early Christian philosophy. Um, really is just a construct that is completely wrong um, but we we can't help it we we are hardwired to look at the world through metaphors and it's just a metaphor that we've been using uh, all along but i think that we think with our bodies and our bodies respond intuitively to to our environment and if you if you can't um i mean for instance when you are completely happy and in the moment it is your body that is completely happy and enjoying things. It's dopamine rushes or serotonin rushes through your body. It's, uh, it's you, you, for instance, when you're in a great conversation, you get this physical connection, uh, that, that you, you literally disappear. Your mind, like now, like now you mean exactly as your mind disappears and, or your, your, yeah, literally your, your ego disappears and you become one with but conversation,
1: that's, but, but that's flow. That's, um, she sent me Harley. Yeah
0: absolutely
1: that that that's i believe that's the nature of the human being if i yeah. look at my child of two years and a half i just um have to say that i have, have bought a very small um swimming pool all, are now sold out in belgium these swimming pools yeah, um <laughs> but when he sees that and the water he is just that's pure joy there is no such a thing as tomorrow it's what are we wednesday or thursday uh it's that's I mean, you're referring uh, for quite some time in the moment and in here and now. It sounds very Eckhart Tolle, you know that? Yeah, I haven't read them, but I a lot of friends are very, uh, very keen on but Eckhart Tolle. That, but, but you don't have to read it. You know it already. It's about that. It's, it's just being, experiencing what is happening right
0: now. There's, there's a, uh, one of the most fascinating books I read last year was the book How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And it's basically a book on the uh, a history of, uh, of uh, research into LSD and, ps- and psilocybin. So in, uh, in um, yeah, how do you call it? Um, um, p- psychedelic research, yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking for. And, and I thought it was, so Michael Pollan is this famous journalist. He also mm-hmm. wrote books on, on food. And he then decided, let's explore this. And 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 his premise was let explore let's explore the research into psychedelics, uh, not only for the purpose of psychedelics, but most importantly for the purpose of understanding the human mind uh, or mm-hmm. understanding the brain. And and indeed, what what psychology what psychedelic research reveals is that a, a person who is in a psychedelic trip. Um, What happens with psychedelic uh, compounds is that they they um, mute the part in your brain that is associated with ego, so they literally suppress that part. And what 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 the result is is that you get raw, uh, unmediated connection with uh, with with both your inner thoughts and with the world around you. And so that's why people who are who are experiencing a good LSD trip, yeah, they are completely in awe of everything, in awe of, of of. they, they sense deep love for everything. And it's precisely because their ego gets completely suppressed. And so I think whether you do um, an LSD trip or whether you try to be mindful about things uh, it's or, or you do meditation, it's basically all techniques you try to use to suppress your ego and, to, true. and to experience life much more is that
1: that in the critic criticus uh, um i've read an article i think two, a couple of years ago where a guy had or a gentleman had in uh, a car accident and i believe it was his right um wing or how do you call it from his brain was damaged so it yeah. was the same as having uh, having a, a trip and he said these were the best and it was the most happiest days of my life. <laughs> yeah, and so I wish they never ever fixed the thing again. Um yeah, it's uh it's strange. Um now um in ten years who is Tom De Bruyne?
0: I have no idea and I don't want to have any idea about that. I'm uh I hope I I will constantly be able to reshape myself. Um and there's, this, of course, the sketch. You, you don't want to be the uh, the ultimate product of, of, you know, of how reality just throws you into certain directions. You want to shape that direction. But I do want, basically, I think that, that the way that, that that both Astrid and I would want to approach this is that by shaping the conditions in which um, serendipity and adventure and and new possibilities arise because the only way to, to happiness is to pursue curiosity and I have literally no idea no idea who I'm going to be
1: it sounds, I'm going to be
0: together with, uh, with my wife that's for yeah, sure. yeah. It's, it's, that's
1: fantastic it's, it sounds very that you don't want to be a victim of your life and that you don't want to react on the events like that you actually choose to not be a victim of the events happening in your life but really want to be the, you know, the creator, the victor of, of, uh, of your life. And I think a lot of people don't live like that because they're actually in a kind of a autopilot and in survival modus and not in a growth modus because I believe a human being has two modes, the survival protection modus, like in a war, yeah. or the growth modus where you are experimenting things, you feel emotionally safe and you know it's going to hurt you or it you gets pain because you are, or fail, but that's good, that's the, the, the learning part. Where did yeah. you get that mentality? Was it something from your parents? Was it something through your studies? It's something you develop yourself? If it's from your wife or, or you, you uh, took
0: too much wheat in Amsterdam? No, 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 no. <laughs> I took more wheat when I lived in Belgium than when I lived <laughs> in Amsterdam. <laughs> once, you, once you have five coffee shops in, uh, you know within two 300 meters around your door, it just loses its uh, its excitement. Um,
1: uh, be, be careful, eh? Because Sam um, Harris is also he has also experimented with uh, LSD and psychedelic stuff for his podcast, eh?
0: Yeah, I I, I know, but I haven't heard about him. <laughs> I, I haven't heard talking about it. Yeah, I, sh- I should catch up on that one. Uh, it's true. Um, I don't know. I I think it gradually had to do with. Um, w- with, it's a bit like this Corona crisis. Once you get thrown into new things, it opens the way to discover new things or to get rid of parts of uh, of, of your old self. Um, and so I had the the luck, I must say, um, that 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 had happened a couple of times. So when I left left uh, left my house uh, when I was uh, twenty twenty one, when I divorced, when I moved to the Netherlands, um, when I started my own company every time you do something big in your life that you inject or you throw in a crisis, it provides tremendous opportunity for growth. And so the, the, the biggest challenge, I guess, for us now is, everything's kind of perfect now. We have a, a nice company, uh, the work is fulfilling, we're in, in a certain flow. We live in, really, if, if you would look outside here, we, we live in the most beautiful, uh, along the canals in Amsterdam, so it's absolutely beautiful. But the problem is is that if you would cling on to that, you will get bored because because a, a well-lived life is a life in which you can constantly learn new things, as you said, this growth mentality, and I think that um, um, that com- complacence is 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 really the uh, yeah the the, the the danger that that lures around the corner because uh, if you can get complacent because. Life gets easy and because there is something like success, you will get bored uh, quite easily. So we need to figure out ways to constantly uh, push ourselves again uh, into this zone of, of unknown, uh, into this zone of, uh, uh oh, just a second, we had? Oh, okay. Of course, the most important <laughs> object in the house. It's the charger for the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So something like that, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, cool. It's uh it's it's amazing, yeah. How how I would say positive you are because you, like you said, you have a perfect life, perfect wife, perfect kids, everything's perfect, perfect company. But indeed if you become too attached to that. Yeah. That will. It's the same again with that uh, money or happiness search thing. If you become too attached to it, it yeah. will result in ending of certain things. It will break down. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, that's and the it's whole. not. The, and and, that, and it's not easy. I'm actually struggling with it uh, quite often. Uh, but it's precisely through this, this struggle that you yeah that you, that you want to try out new things. And the struggle is that you're anxious of losing it no the, uh, the opposite uh, the struggle is is that you gradually you gradually stop being uh present and mindful because y- you know you you know everything uh it just goes away so it goes so you're falling asleep yeah absolutely I, I think i think i think i think that's the
1: worst thing that can happen for a company is that once you're getting successful and customers are coming by itself and, and, and EBITDA is fine and things like that. And I think that's the worst thing that can happen because for me, then you will fall asleep. It's like cocaine. And then suddenly you wake up and the whole world has changed and you're going bankrupt. I exaggerate, of course, but yeah. it, there has to be some kind of uncertainty and yeah. that uncertainty keeps you at your toes yeah. and drives you further through life
0: yeah absolutely because it's the it's the key driver for discovery you constantly try to try to figure out how to make things work and this whole game of trying to figure out things gradually is is uh is is, is, is what drives excitement
1: yeah but that's that is the journey eh? that's it eh? mm-hmm. last okay. question tom what is still for you a crazy dream but a crazy dream. I mean, you have done very successful campaigns for like uh, KLM, I saw, which you also received big prizes for. always for you? I don't know, a big dream. Do you, do you want to speak at a very big TEDx in NGOS or um, play in a Hollywood movie? It has to be a crazy dream, eh? I mean, something really... Mm. You want well, to be the next Freud?
0: No, 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 no. I, I do think that that um, well, first of all, these prices were back in the advertising days, so they are all about ego. Um, although uh, they they definitely help you to, you know, to they, they give you they give you your, yourself shortcuts to introduce yourself to potential new clients. Mm-hmm. Hey, we are that agency. We already won awards, so we're good. Uh, yeah. You don't you don't need to doubt about that. That that came in that came came in quite handy. But um, I would say that the, the dream lays in um, impacts. Um, so it's not about uh it's not about being famous for your thinking, famous for your writing, but actually i I don't even want to be famous, but it's so a if side it effect somehow. Eh? That's a side effect, yeah, absolutely. And and all by all by all an unpleasant one, because being famous these days is really being at the core of of this this engine of hatred by uh by extreme right populists. So you don't want to be in that position. I, I kind of don't like to be in that position. Um I like to be in a more har- harmonious position, but I do want to be part of something bigger, part of creating change, part of creating impact, part of a movement that um, that uses this this knowledge and this understanding of behavioral change to you know to get people to change or to to change and rechange society for the better. Um, and so, um, one of the coolest things was that that I was involved in, um, or that we were involved, I must say, in the uh, in the Dutch elections in two thousand seventeen, where we helped the liberals to you know to beat extreme right populism um, through uh, through this this, uh, this science of influence. But I think that that my dream would be indeed to operate more on the, uh, for instance, the the climate, uh, the climate yeah. challenge. Yeah. Tom, you're a beautiful person. Aha, thank you.
1: <laughs> I thank you for your time, your energy. Um, you're welcome. For me, it was a really was flow
0: experience. Pleasure. I hope you ah, enjoyed cool. it too. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what I meant with flow.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Because you had absolutely no idea what to expect. No, that's true. And you stayed so calm while your son <laughs> <laughs> was walking around you. But I find it really charismatic And especially... For these times, it's really, it's about that. Because for me, that's the biggest uh, thing that I learned in, in Corona is not to be, try to be a perfect dad and try to be a perfect business guy, but just to be, go into the moment. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: At the place. So Tom, I wish you all the best. And I'm sure that the things you're doing right now are going to create a very big impact
0: on society. Thanks, thanks for having me. It uh, was a pleasure.